Hey friends, Diana here. You know I love talking about money and not necessarily just revenue, but I love talking about profit. But let me reassure you that this episode, you won't need to, you know, pull out your calculator. Just some common sense and the other sense, a sense of humor. Welcome to the Work Less, Profit More Business Podcast for accountants, lawyers, financial advisors, real estate investors, and other expert professionals. I'm your host, Diana Lidstone, business strategist, marketing catalyst known for my straight talk, no BS, and simple strategies that bring my clients more joy, profit, and freedom. Let's dive into today's episode. During the 40 years that I've been an entrepreneur, there's one big lesson I've learned early on. It's not about how much revenue you're making, but how much money, i.e. profit, you are keeping. And that's why I'm so excited when I met today's guest, a transplanted Canadian living in Texas who teaches entrepreneurs how to crush their profit. Welcome aboard, Samantha Varner. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, listeners, I'll have to mention, this woman is a mother of four young children and, of course, a coffee lover. She is also the podcast host. She needs grit. And, you know, if you listen to some of her episodes, you're going to love that they're relatively short and to the point. And I think she's a girl after my own heart. Straight talk, no BS. Am I right, Samantha? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Nobody has time for that with four kids. There's no waffling around with four no. kids running around. No, not at all. Not at all. So you are the creator of the crush formula. So could you kind of, you know, dive into that a little bit for our listeners? What does crush formula mean? Yeah, the crush formula I created very much to keep myself and my clients on task when we're going through and aiming for higher profits in their business. So we look at five really key areas that all work together. It's a formula which kind of makes it sound like we're going to go through it once and we're going to come to a calculation at the end and we're going to be super happy and then finished. And so it's a little bit of a lie. It's almost like it should be the crush cycle. Because these five pieces are the pieces you need to go back to time and time again as your business scales and grows and shifts. But essentially, we look at the core of your business. So we're talking about mission, vision, values from a personal standpoint, but then also, of course, from a corporate standpoint and evaluating those and making sure that we're really clear on them on the days that feel really hard. We can kind of go back to why are we doing this again? And who are we in this business? What is the purpose of this long term? So we start kind of at that C level. Then we talk about revenue. So revenue is just the R word that worked in my formula, but essentially it's all the finances, right? It is getting comfortable as entrepreneurs with the financial health of our businesses. So we focus on that quite a bit. Whether you like it or not, it is a reality in business. You need to know your numbers, right? You can't function without them. Yeah. 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 So we do that. Then we sort out a little bit of the utility side of things. So really your automation, your delegation, using all of the knowledge that you have from the numerical conversations, we're also capable of deciding, hey, can we scale? Can we hire? Can we outsource some of these things that been doing, especially early entrepreneurs that are wearing 17 hats, there comes a point where that loses its appeal a little bit. 
and we have a little bit more cash flow and we can start to decide how do we grow our businesses beyond our individual selves. We talk about that in the middle. Then we talk about sales and promotion. So you have to be the salesperson of your business in order for it to succeed. You have to be comfortable with sales. You have to be comfortable with talking to your potential clients and promoting yourself out in the world in whatever methodologies you love. So we talk all about that and getting better at that over time and practicing those skills. And then the last part of the crush formula is the headspace. So again, we're fitting all of this in an acronym, but it's the mindset. It is the thing that is controlling whether you're doing the stuff you need to be doing or you're not. Usually it's because you're thinking something about the outcome or about what people are thinking about you or about the risk that might happen if you dare step towards that thing. And so working on your mindset as an entrepreneur is absolutely critical. So it's the umbrella of the crush formula. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I never thought of using H for headspace. I think that's brilliant, brilliant. But I want to talk today a little bit about something that I rarely talk about on my podcast, but that is critical. And that's the sales process. And I know Mm -hmm. sales doesn't happen without mindset. It doesn't happen without numbers. It doesn't happen without your vision. It doesn't happen without all of that. But give us a quick course, if you will, Mm -hmm. in sales conversation so that you actually convert somebody from what I call a suspect, then a prospect, (laughs) to a actual client. Okay, so... A course. Ooh, like my brain is firing on all cylinders here. I'm like, all right, guys, buckle up. This is going to be a five-hour podcast, but it'll be great. No, we can't do five hours. We'll all die. So your sales process at the very heart of it so that you don't feel like a weird salesperson is a conversation. It is a function of the same way that... What is the... Ex- okay. When I talk to clients, the exercise I ask them to do is... Tell me what your favorite restaurant is. Where should I go? I'm going to go down to here in the loop in Houston. I want to go to a great restaurant. Where should I go? And no matter who these people are, doesn't matter what client it's ever been, they can immediately tell you, oh, okay, this restaurant, it's fantastic. It has a fantastic menu. It has a fantastic, the atmosphere is great. The outside is like this. The bathrooms are kind of cool. The dessert menu is great. That level of enthusiasm and excitement and passion behind your favorite restaurant is you selling your favorite restaurant. You got it. You selling it, right? And you don't feel sleazy when you talk to your friend about a restaurant recommendation. You don't feel like you're pushing them to go to the restaurant in a way that is negative. You are clearly pushing. You're like, no, you need to go to that place. It's fantastic. But you don't feel bad about it because it's something that the person has asked you about specifically. And what we forget in sales is that if somebody is actually asking you about your business, that's a buying signal. They want to know more. They want you to convince them to have dinner there because of all the reasons that you believe in. Exactly. Exactly. I want to share a story about my daughter. Now, my daughter's now 36. She has her own child and whatever. But I say we sell to our kids when they're little all the time. Oh, yeah. Right. And to potty train her, I had to (laughs) sell her. So it was jelly beans, you know, it was was M&M's at my house. Oh, well, there we are. (laughs) Yeah. 
but we're selling them on the idea. Or if it's a food that they don't like, we're selling Mm -hmm. them on that idea that that is good for them. It's no different than selling your course, your program, your offer, whatever it happens to be, because it's valuable. Yeah. And it creates a result for the person, right? They are asking you, you've had a conversation in some way. So you're at a barbecue with somebody and they say something, you know, that's standard. So what do you do? And you answer with, well, I am a financial advisor with Edward Jones. Okay. They say, that's great. Then they ask you a question. They almost always will. Do you have any hot stock tips? Right. That's what they're always going to ask. Yeah. Most annoying question ever. I wish people would come up with a new one, but nevertheless, that's what they're going to ask you. And your answer is what? How do you go from, no, I don't give stock tips at a barbecue and what is your risk tolerance? Like, no, you can't have that. So how do you get from, I have tons of great stock tips, but I can't possibly answer that without knowing more about you. Would love to have a conversation if you're serious. And then what? Then the person goes, oh no, I was just joking. You know, that's fine. Or no, I am kind of serious. And I do need to be thinking about, you know, like my wife's on at me that I need to get these finances sorted out or retirement seems to be looming or we've got kids going off to college or whatever it is, they're going to say something. And then you can say, yeah, I absolutely help people with that. I would be happy to sit down with you. Perfect. How is that different than saying you definitely need to go to Guido's? They have the best clam sauce. No difference. It's just not. Yeah. It's all about the headspace, right? It is. It's about what you're thinking that they're thinking about you. And I can't remember where I very first heard this, but the idea that you are doing people a much bigger disservice by not letting them know how you can help when you have a skill, then you are doing them a disservice by pushing your terrible product or your terrible service on them. That is not the way that we operate. We're assuming everybody listening to this podcast and taking the time to continue to educate themselves and grow in their business are decent human beings that are not scamming people with snake oil. So Now that we've calculated that's factual, you're trying to serve people because you have a passion to help them get to a certain place or create a certain result in their life. It's negative for you to keep it to yourself. Exactly. Yeah. You're being selfish. You are. You're just kind of being chicken. Not to call you out or anything, but you're being chicken. They need to know. And they're actually actively asking. If they're leaning in in these conversations and they're Even showing you, it's either like, I'm not interested, and we can all read that. I'm not interested is very clear. Anything besides I'm not interested is I'm moderately intrigued. Tell me more. Yeah. So, okay. That's what I call taking them from a suspect to a prospect. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So you've met them at the barbecue. They're interested. They, you know, come into the office or they book a call with you. How do you, in that conversation, take them to the next level. Okay. So the number one thing you have to think about in that call, no matter what your business is, is you need to keep control of that call. You need to clearly communicate, Hey, Diane, I'm so glad that we were able to get together today. I want to clarify. We have 30 minutes for today's call. So I want to focus on, I want to hear a little bit about your goals in reference to your business. What is the result they're seeking? Right. Yep. And we're going to talk a little bit about your goals. Then we're going to talk a little bit about how I work with my clients and we'll determine if it's a good fit or not. Perfect. That's it. And it's, 
just controlled that way, right? It's setting up the whole agenda for the conversation. And I know that was one of the biggest things that I had to learn because I remember having in my early days conversations that went down a rabbit hole and somebody (laughs) was controlling the conversation and it never, ever closed or converted that person. If you know, yeah, no. And you end up accidentally, like people love to talk about themselves, which can be highly valuable in a sales conversation, right? You do get some insights. And if you're paying attention, you can use that. But when you lose control of the conversation and you let somebody talk for almost all of the duration of that half an hour or hour that they've given you, what it ends up is that then you are rushing and pressuring at the end to try and get them to close or commit to the next step in your process, whatever that looks like. So you have to be really comfortable cutting people off and saying, you know what, Diana, that is so much valuable information. And what I'm hearing from you is that this is your goal. This is the result that you're looking for. And this is why it's important. And you're going to go back on whatever she has just told you in that conversation. Yeah. So repeat back to them in your words, what you're Mm -hmm. interpreting their issue to be, if you will. Yeah. 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 And being mindful of the time. And it's true. It's well, this is when you get confidence, right? In your Mm -hmm. sales conversation and you can go, excuse me, but I'm looking at the time and we're coming to the end of our time. And I just want to be mindful. I want to be respectful of your time, not just, you know, and so that's so important. Okay. So you take control of the agenda. You're mindful of the time you know, and you repeat back to them. So what I'm hearing from you is Mm -hmm. and yeah, the desired result you want. So what you want them to answer is what their problem currently is, what a positive outcome would be for them. So when I talk to clients now, I will ask them, what would be success? What would success in this coaching relationship look like for you in six months from now? And I will, if I'm talking to them right now, I will say by the end of the year. So what does it look like to be successful in this coaching relationship by the end of the year? It allows for a client who potentially has like run away with the potential of what they could accomplish with you in any of your businesses to refocus themselves within the time frame that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Right? And allows you to say, okay, and it sounded like this is really important to you because... You have the deadline, if you're a financial advisor, you have the deadline of your daughter going off to college in 18 months. And we know we need to really focus on this being your priority to be able to pay for her tuition payments or whatever it might be. But that's why it's important. And it's reminding them of the reason before you say to them, yes, I'm capable. I can help you with that. And let's move forward. Yeah. Yeah. And so how do you go about kind of making recommendations? I am very careful. I have learned the hard way, really, to not solve the problem of the client on the call. When you're trying to sell them your services, it can be, and this is especially hard for coaches, but for all industry, like, oh, well, I can just tell you off the cuff. First off, my question is always, this was a hard question for myself, but like, can you really, can you take 15 minutes of a life story of a person and be able to solve their problem? No, you probably can't, right? Not really well. And you're jumping to conclusions and making assumptions about what they need at that point where you don't really have enough detail. You can tell, yes, I can help you. No, I can't. Yeah. But you can't necessarily. And if you fall into that trap, people feel you've elevated them. You've made them uncomfortable. 
what would be successful? What do you want to achieve? They're feeling like I haven't achieved X and I want to. And then if you encourage them to say like, okay, here's how you fix it. And you tell them even one thing, what ends up happening is then they're like, I don't need you. You just told me and now I can go forth and fix it myself. Yeah. I've heard so many people fall into that mistake. And I know I did certainly when Mm -hmm. I first started. I definitely did when I started too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so instead of a you know, a sales conversation being 20 minutes or half an hour, it was 45 minutes or an hour. And, you know, I've had clients who go, but Diana, but Diana, I can't possibly do it in 20 minutes. I said, if you don't coach, if yeah. you don't teach in that time frame, and if you keep to a framework, you'll be able to know in the first 10 minutes or even yeah. shorter, whether this is a person you want to work with. A hundred percent. And it's helpful in that way to actually look at it as you are interviewing the client as much as they're interviewing you. It does put yourself in a bit of a power position where you're not trying to convince a person like it's the time you first tried to get your first job. And you're like, please hire me. Just hire me. I desperately need to be hired. That comes across, even though we're not saying that Mm -hmm. it comes across and people are like, Oh, they're a little too eager or something is off in that energy. That's a problem. So you want to try and eliminate that as much as possible, even if you are really hungry for your first client. And we've all been there. Oh, of course. Of course. You know, I think people also have to realize, you know, as you're speaking to this person, is this person my dream client? Is this person Mm -hmm. the type of client I'm going to enjoy working with? You know, are they going to get the best results? Are they listening to what I'm saying? I mean, I guess you're nodding your head. So (laughs) you've probably had client prospects on a call, on a conversation, and I have for sure. And they're telling me what they think they should be doing. And then I'm thinking, well, why are we on this conversation? If that's what you're thinking that you should be doing, why don't you just go and do it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? So be mindful of the tone and the, you know, you are the expert in what you do. So Mm -hmm. lead with that expertise and that confidence, but just be really clear that you're not falling into that coaching trap. Yeah. Do not solve their problem on the call. Just let them know that you can solve their problem. Yeah. Okay. So you've closed the deal. Right. Well done, you. We've gotten to the point. Oh, one point that I want to talk about just before we get to like, we've assumed that we've closed the deal because of course we're going to be amazing at this is you have to leave space in that conversation for whatever, whether we're going to call them objections or questions that they have, you want to be able to leave space for that. But what you want to be able to do is say to a client, this is the best line that ever came out of was a coaching relationship I had where my goal today is to get you to determine whether this is a yes for you or a no for you. Either way is completely fine. You have to come from a neutral place yourself. Like you have to really find that neutrality and be like, I want the best solution for you to get this result. So we're going to rehash their result, right? You said to me, the most important thing is to be able to save enough money in 18 months to get your kids first year tuition. I am capable and happy to do this with you. I need you to just determine today whether it's a yes or a no. And the reason I want that is because I don't want to leave you in the gray zone of indecision. It's a terrible feeling for you to get off and be thinking about it and then worrying. And then you've waited and thought about it for a whole week. And then you feel bad about calling me back and it becomes very problematic. So you get them to the yes, no, or they say to you, I need to think about it. And you say, no problem. I hold those calls in 48 hours from our call. Within 48 hours, 
we'll have this conversation and it will just be a very brief, quick 15 minute chat to say, does this work for you or not? And then if it doesn't, I will help you find someone who is a better fit. Most of us are in a position where we know other professionals in our industry and you can set them up with another person that would be potentially a good fit, which feels less pressury for them. They can decide you're just not a good match personality wise or whatever and say it without because you've opened the door already. Like I have a huge network. I'm happy to connect you with somebody that's a better fit. Who would that be? Who are you looking for? What can I help you find that was not what you were seeing here, right? Then you can close the deal. Don't leave them in that gray place. The gray place is bad. Yeah, the gray place is you're better to have a no Mm -hmm. than the gray place. Uh, I love it that you get back on a call within 48 hours if it's I can't make a decision now. I always get off before I get off the call. We have booked that call. Yes, in absolutely agenda. So yeah, and then if they are a yes and they say yes, and then what do you say? Okay, well, depending on your business, right? So your thing is going to be yes. And now here is my onboarding system. So whatever you have for onboarding and for everybody is going to be different, but you want to make sure there's some system. Now that system might be you get off the call, you send them a physical email and you do it yourself, typing it out every single time, make that a template, but get off and immediately engage that client in some fashion with here are the next steps. It was a great call today. I'm so excited to help you achieve here are the next steps. And the next step for you might be, here's the link to pay my invoice. When you're done the invoice, here's the link to book your first session with me. Here's the homework I need you to fill out prior to our first session, whatever, whatever that looks like for you, but have something where you're engaging them and thanking them for their patronage. The same as somebody at a store says to you when you purchase something, thank you so much for this. Have a wonderful day. Do that part off the call. Yeah. And have a process. It can just be what I call a swipe file even, right? Like a Word doc that you copy and paste and use over and over again. Okay. Absolutely. So there's the yes, and then maybe there's the no. Mm -hmm. What do we do with people who say, because you and I both know, no means it probably- Not right now. Yeah. It probably means not right now. Yeah. So there's a couple of different things. One, I'm assuming that if you have gotten this far with this person, you have their contact information. They will have been entered into your newsletter or they're on your emails at the very least, right? And you're sending out regular emails. Now, if you're sitting there and thinking to yourself, I'm not sending out regular emails and I don't have a newsletter. Okay, no problem. I recommend you start doing something. This is the follow-up piece of this, right? Because these people now have entered your space and are interested in what you are doing. And there's two benefits to that. One, they can become your ambassador. You might not be the best fit for them for whatever reason. They're not ready. It's just not exactly what they were looking for, whatever that is. They now have a very clear idea of what you do and how you help people. If you treat them well, and that's gone well, there's a reasonable chance they're going to trip on somebody in their life that is the right fit. And they're going to say, listen, I sat down with Sam. She's wonderful. You just said you were having trouble with this. She can help you and send you over. If you do a good job of closing that loop, that will happen. The other piece is they're the not right now client for you, but they're the eventual client. If they don't forget about you, you have to follow up. You have to be putting them in a pipeline of some kind that is an automated response Even if it's, I go into Google, I set a task reminder every month, every two weeks, every week, you follow up with that person just to say, hey, touching base, 
I read this article and it was really relevant to your restaurant business. I thought I'd pass it along. You're not selling them. You're just being a helpful human being out in the world. Yeah. Okay. So any last words about this? Because we really talked about the sales process and strategic follow-up, which is so valuable, so valuable. I really appreciate it, Sam. I think it's just realizing that 90% of the conversations that you have, so maybe not the consult conversations you have, but 90% of the conversations you have are not going to generate a sale today. And they're not actually intending to do that. If you're going out in the world telling people who you are, who you help, how you do that, right, in a non-weird way, that's it. It will come back. It will circle back around and you will make more and more sales. But you have to be diligent about telling people who you are and how you help yes. and not being scared. Yeah. I heard somewhere, you know, what you did 90 days ago is what is yes. actually happening in your business now. So for instance, uh, last month I went and spoke at this real estate investors conference, you know, 400 people in the room, sent them to my table, got some on my email list. and. You know, it's starting now. The sales are starting. And so what you did 90 days ago will have an impact on your business. So thanks so much for sharing the sales process. Very strategic way for you to not feel icky about your sales and to follow up. And where can people find you, Samantha? The best place to come and find me is come visit me on Instagram. I am Sam, the Profit Coach on Instagram. And I am very diligent about answering people's questions and getting them answers for things, right? So I just said I don't coach on consults. And that's true. But if there's a burning question that you have, or there's something that got triggered here on today's podcast, and you listen to it, and you think like, Oh, I have some more follow up questions. I'd love to know more about that. Come and visit me on Instagram. It's an easy entry where you can just chat with me and ask that question. And then we'll go from there. But that's the best place to come and visit. Perfect. Perfect. Thanks so much for, you know, sharing your wisdom with our listeners today. I really enjoyed our conversation. So thanks so much. Oh, you're welcome. This was wonderful. Good. Hey, listeners, thanks for listening to the Work Less Profit More Business Podcast, where weekly you'll get business and marketing strategies to help you build a well-oiled business machine using my Grow Equation framework. Until next week, remember, you can do this. Hey, Diana here again. I just want to remind you that there are three ways that you can work with me using my proven proprietary grow equation. Number one is a VIP day where you kind of get to choose your own adventure, solve one problem, and you simply go to my website and apply. Use the button in the top right-hand corner. Number two is my differentiate to grow program, which helps you go from unknown expert to the undeniable authority. It is a 12-week hybrid program. And the third is my one-on-one business accelerator for those seasoned solo or small firm owners who want to build a well-oiled business machine. Check out dianalidstone.com slash work with me. Bye for now.